Amen. Thank you for that song. You know, we can all enter into the throne room of grace in prayer. And uh, sometimes we don't know what to pray, and God prays for us, and our Lord intercedes on our behalf, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit of God does the very same thing. And uh, I'm thankful uh, for grace. I'm thankful for grace and salvation. I'm thankful for grace uh, in all the ways that God manifests that grace uh, in our lives. And He does so uh, teaching us that in uh, Romans chapter number 5, where we'll be at to this morning. Uh, for our text. And, and as you're making your way there to Romans chapter number five, as, as Christian citizens, and I spoke to this during uh, our Sunday school hour, uh, we celebrate Memorial Day for a number of reasons. And, and even tonight, uh, I'll uh, talk about the same thing uh, and kind of expand upon that. And uh, there are many reasons why we do. Uh, uh, Romans 13, 7 uh, teaches us that we're supposed to honor or give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, and it's good for us to honor uh, our military uh, folks and, uh, and uh, the sacrifice that uh, has been made on our behalf. And as I mentioned in Sunday school, it's uh, a loss of life, which is, uh, is, a, is a terrible thing. Uh, that is, uh, but uh, there are other sacrifices of family uh, and wives and uh, husbands and just uh, children. And I'm thankful for it. And it's good for us as a country uh, to honor. And thinking about the downward spiral of our country, uh, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of monuments that have been done away with uh, that we've erected to honor um, uh, people who have, who have fought for our freedom uh, and just all that kind of stuff. I don't want to get bogged down into all that nonsense. Uh, but, uh, but our history uh, is being erased. Uh, in many ways. And so uh, every year that we celebrate holidays like we do for Memorial Day uh, is another year that we should. Uh, and, uh, and I'm thankful uh, that, uh, that as long as, um, here's what I think, as long as uh, the government uh, gives uh, a, a day off uh, and people uh, get a paid day off, we'll probably keep most of those holidays going. Uh, but the reason we celebrate them uh, goes away. And so Memorial Day helps us in thanking God uh, for the freedoms that we enjoy as a result uh, of the extreme sacrifice made by so many Americans, uh, sons and daughters, for the sake of freedom and liberty. Uh, as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm thankful to be an American. Uh, and in uh, James 1, uh, 17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. So uh, we, as we remember the sacrifices that, uh, that people have made for our freedom, it's appropriate uh, to thank God uh, who strengthened those who made those sacrifices possible. So we, uh, we know that every, um, uh, the, the gift of America in many respects has been given to us by uh, the blood that has been shed. Uh, it's also been given to us by God, as uh, referenced a little while ago. Uh, and uh, in, I guess, uh, Noah Webster's, I always think the Word of God, obviously, it is inspired. If there's something else inspired, it's Noah Webster's 1828 uh, dictionary, his magnus opus. Uh, and, uh, and he defines sacrifice this way. Uh, he said it's to destroy, surrender, or suffer to be lost for the sake of obtaining something uh, of a greater good. Uh, and he illustrates that definition, which he often does uh, with Scripture, uh, in fact. Uh, this one wasn't illustrated necessarily by Scripture. Uh, but he said, we should never sacrifice health to pleasure, nor integrity uh, to fame. And so the concept of sacrifice 
uh, for people evokes um, different responses. Uh, negatively, uh, there are people who think that it's messy and uh, sacrifice is threatening. Uh, it's something that's unnecessary. And uh, generally speaking, uh, the reality of sacrifice is something that um, uh, generations of Americans know very little about. Um, and uh, that uh, is a sad fact, but uh, it is true. And, uh, and um, like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't in the military, and, and there's a part of me that wishes that uh, I was able to serve in the military. Uh, get asked all the time, you know, you're at a place, and they'll say, uh, you know, uh, are you, for discounts, they say, are you in the military? And I say, well, I'm in God's army. Uh, and they're like, that don't count. I'm like, ah. Oh. Uh, and uh, so, so I don't get the discount on the, on the breakfast or whatever. Uh, but uh, one unmistakable proof uh, that, um, you know, people don't understand sacrifice is uh, our, uh, it's the home uh, in America, marriages, uh, the divorce rate. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, to, to love, husbands will so love their wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, and we, as Americans, we want, we want all the benefits that prayer gives us without the discipline of prayer. Uh, we, we want everything to come, uh, to come easy uh, and, and to not have to work very hard uh, for that. Uh, but I could give you uh, many illustrations of how uh, we don't understand uh, sacrifice uh, in, uh, in many respects in several generations, including my own, uh, for that matter. And so we do well. Uh, to celebrate uh, a holiday, if we use the word celebration, uh, we, we do things uh, in a celebratory way to mark those or to remember those uh, that sacrificed. And, and, uh, and I have the utmost respect uh, for soldiers and, uh, and seamen and just uh, airmen uh, and on and on Marines who've given their, their lives for freedom's cause. And, and I think there's, there can be no more egregious um, uh, omission uh, than to be um, ignorant or, or um, unappreciative of those sacrifices. Uh, and there's a part which I could have the time to preach on it is like how we, we take it for, we don't honor them, we don't remember it, and then we live in a way uh, that dishonors it. Uh, in, 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 too. And, and I've even, uh, what the gentleman who was the last um, Pearl Harbor survivor uh, just passed away uh, this last week, and and I, and I you know I had to think have to think of like what is you know what did he think about you know the condition of our country and uh, and all of the the craziness that goes on and and, uh, and so being you know ignorant of 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 that and being unappreciative of that is just um, it's wicked uh, to me uh, I just I don't understand uh, but there are people all around us you see there are probably people picketing today uh, and you know defacing um, more monuments and uh, and just uh, the nonsense that is there and as much as that uh, should bother us uh, as Americans um, we're also ignorant and unappreciative of the ultimate sacrifice uh, that's been offered to mankind and uh, the, the sacrifice that procured for us the greatest freedom uh, that we have and uh, in that spiritual freedom uh, and through Jesus Christ. And tomorrow I trust, uh, you know, the appreciation uh, for the sacrifice of our armed servicemen and women uh, will be renewed and that you'll think on that and maybe do something to show that appreciation. And, and I want uh, uh, that appreciation to be here uh, on Memorial Day uh, weekend. Uh, but I also want to uh, increase our appreciation for the sacrifice that Christ made 
um, on our behalf. And, uh, and that's what we're going to do today. I'd like to invite you to stand for the reading of our text in, in Romans chapter number 5. And uh, I won't read the first uh, several verses there. We'll begin reading in verse number 6. But it'll uh, be great for you to read uh, the first part of that as well. But here's what the scriptures say in Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, uh, we shall be saved from wrath uh, through him. For if we were enemies, or if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message today. Help me as I preach it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Um, the first eight chapters of the book of Romans uh, is filled with uh, theological ideas. It's probably the most theological book in all of the Bible. And, and I remember when I first got saved, I was told to read the book of John uh, and the book of Romans. In fact, we had Bearing Precious Seed people here that are printing John and Romans to be handed out to people. And part of the reason, um, there's multiple reasons, uh, John, um, the gospel message and how John, under inspiration, uh, uh, portrays for us the life of Christ uh, is a, a wonderful gospel for a new believer to read. In the book of Romans, there's much said about um, salvation, uh, our need for salvation, uh, and, uh, and, but it's very theological. And so, I, you know, for, for some people, uh, it might not be a great place to start because you can get uh, bogged down in it. In fact, when we understand uh, that the Holy Spirit of God is the one who gives us enlightenment as we read the Scriptures, uh, for a lost person to delve into the book of Romans, um, there a lot of confusion. Uh, may take place, and they need the aid of the Holy Spirit in order to understand that. That's when people say, I read my Bible and I don't understand it. Uh, that might be uh, evidence of the fact that they're not regenerated, not born again. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the Word of God uh, is understood that way. And so uh, the first eight chapters are just steep with theological ideals concerning salvation um, and uh, our need as sinners, how God has provided, the fact that there's none righteous, uh, we, we're all gone astray, we all go, go our own way, uh, and, uh, and we are in desperate need uh, of, uh, of regeneration, and that can only be um, done through Jesus Christ. Uh, can't be done through a church, can't be done through doing good stuff, uh, it has to be done through Him. So it's important as uh, that section is, uh, and uh, we, we, we can't spend a whole lot of time uh, on it today. In the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, uh, we discover a theological discussion about Christ's sacrifice opposed to um, descriptive or prophetic ones like we read about in Isaiah 53, uh, or as we read the gospel accounts and we look at the crucifixion and all that Jesus had gone through uh, on, on my behalf, on your behalf, it's gruesome. Uh, and uh, the, uh, there's, even Hollywood can't uh, put a, a, a film together to depict um, all that Christ had gone through. The Bible says that his visage was so marred 
uh, paraphrasing that you couldn't even you couldn't even tell who he was and uh, and uh, and what he went through uh, as recorded in the Gospels is something uh, uh, that is important for us to understand and to read. Uh, but there's the, the the theological side of it is what I want to focus on uh, here this morning uh, in Romans uh, chapter number five and verses six uh, through ten. And, uh, and the reason I'm doing that is because, and again, not to, to you know, I think we, sh- we should honor uh, those who have given their life uh, for our freedoms, uh, but the freedom that I have in Christ and the sacrifice that Jesus made for me uh, is uh, the greatest sacrifice, in my opinion, uh, for, for humankind, for me, uh, for you. Uh, and, uh, and there's several things to note uh, from these. And the first thing I want to point out uh, this morning is the depth of God's sacrifice. Um, when you think about sacrifice as Noah Webster had defined it, or as we, as we think about what sacrifice goes, kind of inherent with that is the question like, how far um, will I go in sacrifice or to what degree uh, will I sacrifice? And um, one way that most people uh, think about uh, sacrifice is in terms of finances. Uh, and uh, in this area, um, finances or sacrifice in finances, as we think about that, all of how we view it biblically needs to be tempered with, uh, with prudence and balance. Um, God has a lot to say about money in the Bible. In fact, more to say about money than he does about heaven. Uh, and, uh, and part of the reason is because that expression, money makes the world go round, uh, it's just it's something that, uh, that resonates with everyone uh, to that extent. Uh, and uh, so um, we, can, we illustrate that often from finances in the home. Uh, you know, a husband who decides to drain his family's finances, savings, it's whatever, uh, to, uh, um, to make some purchase, whatever. I remember years ago, uh, we had a family that, uh, that we knew that was just um, um, struggling, uh, and uh, the uh, husband uh, received a, um, a benefit, uh, a settlement from his job. He was a carpenter, and he was allergic to sawdust, uh, which... Um, um, all right, to each their own. Well, anyways, he got a settlement. Like, it was like $40,000 uh, from one of his employers for his, his uh, uh, um, pain and suffering or whatever. And, um, and his, you know, his kids needed glasses. You know, they had no furniture in their home. Uh, and that, sorry, uh, guy spent all of it on hunting trips. Uh, and, uh, and so um, that, was a poor, that was poor judgment. That was a poor use of, uh, of, of finances. Uh, and, uh, and then ultimately that home was destroyed in, in, in many ways. And, uh, and, uh, and that gentleman uh, was the main uh, cause of it. So there are decisions that we would make with finances that would be deemed foolish. The Bible says, but if any man provide not for his house, especially those of his own house, he have denied the faith and is worse than uh, an infidel. Uh, the scripture describes it that way. So when an individual enlists in the military, especially during times of war, um, he or she, uh, they have to be cognizant, they have to be thinking of uh, the answer to this kind of question. How far um, am I willing to go? Uh, is, am I willing to go all the way? And, and all the way in that context 
uh, means uh, possibly death. Uh, but I sincerely doubt there exists an adequate illustration. Um, and again, Hollywood has tried to depict it with, uh, with some of those films. Uh, the, the depths uh, of, of uh, which Christ went through uh, in providing for our salvation. And, and, um, and it's because we were deceived and uh, were blinded by our own tendency to overstate um, our value, or we fail, we fail to grasp the absolute depths of Christ, what He went through and experienced, and I think that feeds our own apathy, uh, and I think we become ungrateful uh, as well through that. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter number 4, just briefly. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 4. Uh, in Ephesians, which is also a, a very theological book, uh, in dealing mostly with salvation, um, we find a reference to um, the geographical realm or the, the locality of our connection uh, with, uh, with Christ. And Paul kind of contrasts some things here that I want us to read. In, uh, in chapter number 4, verses 9 and 10, the Bible says, Now that he ascended, uh, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fulfill all things. And so we know that our, our Heavenly Father uh, came uh, to earth as a man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, the incarnation. He was born, uh, he died, shed his blood for uh, my sins, for your sins. The Bible said in the gospel is taught that he was buried that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The Bible says three days and three nights. We talked about that uh, at Easter time and uh, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, and the Bible says before he ascended, he descended. Uh, uh, I teach that uh, when the Bible says that in uh, Isaiah that he led captivity captive, uh, and or the Bible says that hell enlarged herself. You think of Luke 16, uh, the rich man in, in Abraham's bosom. Uh, where you could see. It was called Hades or Sheol. Uh, it was a place of paradise. You had the, the um, paradise side of it and you had the tormenting side of it. Uh, and I believe theologically uh, that uh, during those three days and three nights, uh, Jesus descended to take captivity captive, that hell enlarged itself, uh, and he ascended uh, to the third heavens. And uh, we, have, uh, we know that he is at the right hand of God uh, Etc. And now, when we think of uh, of hell, we think of down. We think of uh, not just Hades or Sheol. Uh, it's it's a, it's a place of torment. By the way, uh, it's not. If somebody goes, well, I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to party with all my friends. Um, there's no partying in hell. Uh, it's a, it's a place of, of of wailing and gnashing of teeth, where the worm diet. There's nothing pleasant about it, and uh, and you probably can't even see. Uh, because of the darkness uh, that is there, uh, and it is God describes it, uh, it's not a it's not a party destination, uh, and uh, and so that's one of the most ignorant things uh, that a person uh, can say. And I I hope that that was never uh, one of your excuses that you used before you got saved. Uh, but if you are a soul winner and you talk to people uh, at all, you're going to run into people who say uh, that type of a, of a thing, and uh, and so. The spiritual and moral depths that Christ went through in, in providing for our salvation, we find part of that in four different things in the verses that we read. So back to Romans chapter number 5, 
Uh, and uh, Paul, uh, who's writing uh, to the, the church, uh, churches at Rome, not the Church of Rome, the Catholic Church, uh, but uh, there were house churches of Christians that were there uh, in Rome, writing to them, describes uh, for them uh, a very, in a very unflattering and very condemning way um, their need for, uh, for salvation. Uh, if you, humanism and secularism, uh, there's a lot of people who teach or believe uh, that you're great. Um, you have all the potential in the world, and you are innately good, uh, and, uh, and all of the, the rainbows and butterflies and things that they would say, but I, I got bad news for you. You are innately bad. Um, you are born in sin. Uh, you're a sinner by nature, and you need to be born again. Uh, we, need, we need to be taught to do good. Uh, we need to learn um, character and virtue. It's easy to be a sinner. It's easy uh, to, uh, to be what we are. Uh, but I remember uh, people hearing that in school and people teaching that. You're inherently good, but you're inherently not good. Uh, and you are destined for hell without Jesus Christ uh, saving you. Uh, there's no other way to get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. And uh, so the description that Paul gives us in these verses, which are inspired by God, um, are, they're the accurate description of who we are. Uh, and uh, and you, can, you can look in the mirror and, and, and do self-affirmation after self-affirmation. Um, but, and you can be a good person to the extent that you, are, you have morals uh, and uh, you know, um, you're a good neighbor. Uh, not even biblically, like, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself, but you're a good person. Uh, people, you know, you work hard, uh, you love your family, uh, you're, you know, you're faithful to, to everything that you need to be faithful to, um, but without Jesus, you're going to split hell wide open. Morality, good morals will keep you out of jail, uh, but they won't keep you out of hell. And so if you're here today and you think, well, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good person, um, you will not go to heaven unless you've accepted the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ by faith. We're saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so this description is, a, is a, in stark contrast to uh, that type of thinking, the school of thought that humanity is intrinsically good uh, when uh, it, is, it is not. And I'm glad that God loves me enough. Uh, to give me an accurate diagnosis of my spiritual condition, uh, which he does in these verses. And so let's look at them a little bit uh, deeper. Uh, Verse number six, it says, For when we were yet without strength. Uh, That phrase, yet without strength, means that we are helpless, uh, we are powerless uh, when it comes to doing anything uh, to save ourselves. The idea expressed in these verses is that we're incapable. Um, There's nothing in us uh, that we can do to generate any righteousness uh, that would get us into heaven. Uh, The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. We're powerless uh, to perform uh, all the commandments of God. Uh, You know, uh, people, I've known people say, well, you go to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments. I'm like, well, um, you're going to hell then (laughs) Uh, because there's not a one of us that can. Uh, we, we, We are bent on doing evil. Our hearts are desperately 
uh, wicked, deceitful uh, above all things, the word of God says. And so um, unlike, you know, people who would physically uh, build strength and in in muscles and all that kind of stuff that, um, you know, in their youth. And of course, that weakens uh, with age and and things. um, Spiritually speaking, we're like we're like infants uh, that that are utterly incapable of feeding, dressing, and protecting themselves. Um, you know, I, we've, of course, we have another grandbaby being born and, uh, here at the end of June uh, and looking forward to that. And as much as, uh, you know, baby, they need everything. I mean, you got to do everything um, for them. Uh, and uh, change it. By the way, I've, I've still yet to change a grandbaby's diapers. Praise the Lord. Uh, I, I'm retired from diaper changing uh, in that regard. Uh, they try to trick me. Uh, they're like, we're going to leave the house. We're gone for a couple hours. I'm like, you're going to have a, a, a wet diaper when you get back. Uh, anyways, but, but you got they're, they're helpless. Spiritually speaking, we are like that. Um, incapable of doing anything for ourselves to get to heaven. Um, I asked somebody the other day, are, when you die, where do you think you'll go? Well, I think I'll go to heaven. Why? Well, because this, that, whatever. Um, and no, um, it's not by works. I've, told, I've asked people before, I said, hey, I'm a pastor and I, I preach and I do this and that and explain some of the things I do in ministry. I, I said, do you do any of those things? Like, well, no. I said, well, who's going to heaven, me or you? They said, well, I guess you're going to heaven. I said, well, I am going to heaven, but it's not because I do all those things. And, you don't, and, and it's, it's the grace of God. Um, it's, it's through him. We are without strength. Um, it's, it's not you can do anything. And if you want to get to heaven, we don't go uh, you know, to the same place different ways. And you got your way and I've got mine. Uh, there's nothing that we can do uh, to, to get us to heaven. We're helpless. We're powerless. That's why we needed Jesus uh, to be our Savior. But not only are we without strength. Uh, here it says in due time, same verse, verse 6. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. The ungodly. Um, that's a very strong pejorative, um, a, a word uh, that's, by the way, used elsewhere in Paul's writing, chapter 1, chapter 4. Um, everything that God is, is the opposite of ungodly. And everything that is ungodly uh, represents uh, the opposite of what is the nature of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 14, uh, he says this, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. It's pretty clear. Um, Ungodliness. This is what the Word of God describes as ungodliness, and uh, and it doesn't take uh, like in the news. Probably a very prevalent thing recently was uh, um, a professional sports team or whatever, uh, L.A. Dodgers, and they have a um, they're like people like dressed like nuns, and it's like satanic, ungodly, whatever, and they're they're doing something or allowing them, you know. Uh, to perform at, at a game or whatever. So people are, are boycotting that. Um, I think of uh, the sign that I, I saw on the news years ago of somebody holding a sign that says, if Jesus, if Jesus returns, we'll kill him again. Ungodly. 
Uh, and, but as much as we see that and we think that is ungodliness, before you got saved, you're in the same condition. You're without strength, uh, and the Bible says ungodly. Uh, and then he continues. Uh, again, this is stark contrast uh, to like you are good. Uh, and uh, and uh, you have goodness in you, and you got to bring out the good, and uh, and everything's relative, and you have your truth, and I've got my truth, and uh, and all the crazy stuff that uh, is being uh, peddled uh, in today's society. But notice what he says in verse eight. But God commendeth His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, we're without strength, ungodly, and then says sinners. So this third word or term uh, in, in chapter number five, speaking about justification and the grace of God, uh, very theological. Uh, he says, uh, he describes the people for whom Christ died as sinners, um, wicked, uh, neither righteous nor good. Uh, so Paul, what he's doing is he's contrasting the life of Christ uh, a life that is, has worth, uh, who laid down his life uh, for the unworthiness uh, that is me, uh, that is you, uh, who says they are, we're sinners. Uh, and uh, there are two kinds of people. There are saved sinners, there's lost sinners. Please don't misunderstand. If you're saved by the grace of God, uh, you, you are been, you've been saved from the penalty of sin. Uh, you will not uh, um, go to hell uh, because of your sinfulness. The righteousness of God has been applied to your life by faith. You've trusted Him uh, in the finished work of Jesus in His shed blood. By the shedding of blood, there's, uh, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. You've done that by faith. But, you, but you're not sinless. Um, you know, truth be known, all of us, have, we've all sinned today. Um, on our way to church, getting ready for church, uh, our, our spirits, our attitudes, we think things that we shouldn't think, we do things we shouldn't do. Uh, and uh, there are saved sinners, there are lost sinners. It's why, by the way, uh, we should all be filled with grace. Or you think about the song that was sung earlier about uh, what grace uh, is there for, and, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, people, God loves sinners. The Word of God is clear, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, right, that He gave His only begotten Son. Uh, and uh, and though, we talked about it recently. Um, it, those who are without Christ are under condemnation. If you're here today and you say, what are you doing? You're telling me I'm without strength and I'm ungodly and I'm a sinner. You're condemning me. No, friend, the Bible says that you're condemned already, uh, that you're without Christ. No matter how great, by the way, uh, the number uh, of sins you have uh, in your life, uh, the love of Christ surpasses them. Uh, and uh, there's no sin or number of sins that the death of Christ cannot uh, take care of. Uh, and um, and you're, so Paul thought he was the chiefest of sinners. I say, I'm the chiefest of sinners. You might think you're the chiefest of sinners. Uh, but uh, the truth of the matter is there's nothing uh, that you've done in your life that God won't forgive. Uh, and he would save you today. He says uh, they were without strength uh, and they were ungodly and they were sinners. And the fourth and the most indicting term theologically that he gives us in this passage of scripture uh, is uh, as we find as we read on we read about it in verse number six uh, as well uh, but notice what it says again in verse eight but God commendeth his love towards us and that while we're yet sinners Christ died for us verse 10 for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life uh, people are not only helpless to save themselves, verse 6, 
neglectful of God, ungodly, wicked, the Bible says, uh, as sinners. But they set themselves against God uh, and against uh, His purposes. Uh, and uh, there are many people that are that way. They're antagonistic towards God. Um, they mock God. Uh, they blaspheme uh, God. And so uh, he describes for us the depth of God's sacrifice for us uh, in four phrases or words uh, in these verses that are very deep that we should always think about as a Christian. Uh, I don't deserve heaven. Uh, I deserve hell. It's by his grace and his mercy. Uh, and this deliverance that God gave us, the Bible says, is, uh, comes through uh, his, his sacrifice. We'll, we'll read on here in a moment, but uh, again, we say sacrifice is kind of uh, uh, a term or a phrase that we don't understand much about. But again, remember, sacrifice implies the improvement of or the benefit for another. When you sacrifice your life, it's usually given for uh, a cause, uh, America, in freedom, in liberty. Uh, Jesus gave his life uh, for, um, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, he came for an express purpose, and, and greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. But look at verse number 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Um, because of Jesus, I have deliverance from future condemnation. I've been saved from wrath, the penalty of sin. But not only that, but I have a, 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 there's something now. We've been reconciled, verse number 10, by God. Being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Uh, I can know who God is. I'm no longer the enemy of God. I'm now His friend. Uh, I'm His child, the Bible says. And so what should our response be to that? Um, I look at some knuckle brain. Uh, who is protesting, you know, everything and has zero understanding nor respect uh, for the sacrifices that have been made for him to be a knucklehead. And uh, you, you just remind somebody one time uh, when they're going off on whatever, and you just remind them, you know, um, why they have the privilege to be uh, an idiot. Uh, and, uh, and I'm thankful and by the way, you can't be thankful for the freedoms you have without acknowledging the fact that people can use those freedoms in those ways. Um, it's, it goes, it goes every, every way. I wish it wasn't so, uh, but it is. Indifference uh, best describes the response that many Americans have to the sacrifices that have been made to secure their personal freedom. And, it, and, it, and if you're a, you have blood running through your veins and you're an American, um, it should bother you. Uh, that people are that way. Um, but the audience who first read these verses um, and were moved by the theological truths uh, that were in there, um, they were responding to Christ's love, uh, His death. Uh, they believed on Christ, and as a result of that, their spiritual shackles, their bondage, they were set free. If you're saved today, you've been set free the greatest gift that has ever been given to you. And so my um, proposition or my challenge or the thought that I want to leave us with today is which is worse? Um, the indifference that we have towards uh, soldiers for the sacrifices that they've made or the indifference that we have towards Jesus uh, for the sacrifice that he made. 
Um, I would say the latter is worse. Um, especially because of our perspective as Christians towards all of that, to give honor, to, uh, to be um, um, ambassadors, representative of Christ here on earth, to do all things you know, for Him and through Him, by Him. Uh, and uh, if, you're, if you're saved today, you should be a good citizen um, as a result of that. That's why. It's why we do anything because of who saved us. But my challenge is for you to not only just be thankful for uh, men and women who have died to secure uh, our freedom as Americans, uh, but to just think long and hard about um, who you were uh, before Jesus found you. By the way, you didn't find him. Uh, who you were uh, before Jesus found you and how he saved you and cleansed you and he's given you a home in heaven and all the benefits that come from being a Christian. But the biggest one is that you don't got to go to hell. Uh, to pay for your own uh, sins. Uh, we've not sung it as a choir. Uh, I want to one at some point, uh, uh, they'd sing it in the South. It's like, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> you know? uh, and it's just a, a total hick you know, song or whatever. Uh, but uh, there are people like, what? Uh, and, uh, but you know what? Um, I'm not going. And it, because Jesus saved me. Um, and, and that should be front of mind every single day and thankful and to tell others about it. As much as I want to be ambassador and tell somebody whatever what, you know, um, you know about being an American, even more so about being a Christian. And um, he, the sacrifice, there's, there's no words. There's no way that we can adequately express that I can to you or you to me the depths of what Jesus suffered. Uh, for salvation. And if you're here today, um, I want you, and you're not saved, uh, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he has provided. Uh, you don't have to pay for your sin debt. Uh, you can acknowledge that you're a sinner before God and you can ask Jesus Christ to save you. And the Bible says that if, you, if with your heart you believe, your mouth confessions made on salvation, you call upon the name of the Lord in repentance and ask Jesus to save you. He'll save you today. Um, but if you're here today and you are saved, um, when's the last time you just thought just deeply about all that that means and all that was done to secure that? Um, and, if, and, if, and if you walk through life indifferent to that as a Christian, um, in my book, that's worse than any protester. That's worse than, than the, the, the crazy stuff that people do because as a believer, you should know better. And um, we ought to give him praise because he's do that. Let's all stand today uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And as 